sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. On the sports desk this Wednesday morning with your hosts Finn, Kendra, and Luca. We got a pretty big uh, show coming up for you. We'll be discussing uh, world football reactions, world sport reactions to the death of Diego Armando Maradona, um, return of the Wacky Sports segment, and, and a quiz, pop quiz for uh, our hosts and listeners out there as well. Uh, Finn, Kendra, how are you both this, uh, this Wednesday morning? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm happy to be talking about some of the events that have happened this week. It's been a bit more eventful than the last couple, so it'll be nice to talk about it. Yeah, I'm really excited for the quiz. A little bit nervous, but I'm also keen to talk about the wacky sports. They're always good fun. So, yeah, feeling good. How are you, Luca? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm still, uh, like, reeling from uh, the incredible and just crazy... Uh, crash that occurred in the Formula One over the weekend at Bahrain. Uh, that was just scary stuff. Very scary, very scary. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, F1 driver Romain Grosjean uh, was involved in a serious, heavy crash on lap one of the race. Um, yeah, it was it was intense. What what are some of your reactions uh, after watching the footage? I'm just amazed that he didn't walk away with greater injuries than he did. I mean, the fire just looks surreal. And, yeah, he pretty much, one of the teammates helped him over, but he just looked like he was walking like he hadn't even been hit by anything. Yeah, when uh, the helicopter view, when you when you saw it firsthand, the car had split in half. So the rear of the car had detached from, it, from its like security cell that protects the driver from like fire and tense crashes like that. And uh, it had split through the armco barrier that is on the side of the straight. And it was very uh, uncommon for a car to like crash there because I think uh, going from Karun Chandok's analysis during the red flag period, there was a piece of debris that came off a car ahead of Grosjean's Haas car um, and caused I don't know, maybe a tire to lock or him to try to avoid it. And he jerked really hard to the right where Daniel Kvyat in the Alpha Tower was behind him. They clipped his rear tire, front tire, clipped, collected, and he lost control and just went straight onto a barrier. People are saying that no one should uh, disrespect the halo device that is on the cars now. Um, is, that, is that your opinion as well? Yeah, well, I definitely think there would have been way bigger injuries or even death if there hadn't have been that device and I feel like they've gone such a long way in the last couple of years, safety-wise, considering the amount of deaths that there used to be. Obviously, there was, I think, death last year or the year before in F2 or F3 um, that was really sad. But there's been, I don't know when the last F1 death was. Um, and yeah, it, the car did everything it was supposed to. It was it disconnected from the other half of the car, which it's supposed to do. And the front wing actually, I believe, got caught in a gap or something. And that's why it kind of had that big... Um, I think that's actually helped him in the end. I'm not really sure. But yeah, it's a miracle that he came out 
of that burning wreckage and it just yeah the the safety marshals and the medical team really did a good job as well reacting so fast yeah talk about it really. it puts it puts things into perspective really like at the end of the day results don't really matter like all the drivers were really concerned for Romain Grosjean's safety and that he was not injured not not harmfully fatally injured either um which is really good good news as well but uh Daniel Ricciardo after the race was complaining about uh the media coverage during that red flag pause like that was almost two hours long how they just kept showing footage of the accident different angles and replays and i think it was he said it was like very negative and kind of disappointing uh like almost disrespectful to those involved in the crash yeah i did hear ricardo talking about this and he said it was almost like they were making this a form of entertainment when it could have ended up you know obviously very serious that they shouldn't have been showing this as much um well, apart from that, uh, the winner of the race was Lewis Hamilton. Uh, he finished ahead of Max Verstappen and Alex Albon. The race was finished behind a safety car. Um, and Sergio Perez, just so unlucky. He was, he was third all, pretty much all of the race. Um, and then three or four laps to go, engine blows, engine failure. And uh, yeah, fails to get his consecutive podium. Uh, which is kind of sad since he's out of a race seat at the end of the year. But I liked what he said after the race too. Though. What, what did you guys think of uh, his comments about just like putting into perspective life and results? And- yeah, well, I think he was just um, reiterating what all the other drivers were saying. It kind of, it's it's great to win the races, but it's really, they do put their lives on the line um, every time they race. And it, it going such high speeds is always going to be, a massive amount of danger and unpredictability that you can't control in cars or anything really. And I guess, yeah, they have to, they all know it could be them or it could have been them at some point. So while it was, yeah. And at this point in time, it doesn't really matter with the results. Hamilton's far and away the winner. And I don't think any of the others really, there's not much importance at the moment. So yeah, I can understand all the comments. Who was who was your driver of the day? Um, uh, I see it, people were giving it to Grosjean. I'm not sure he didn't really race, so yeah. I don't think. But yeah, obviously he came through, and it was a bit of a sympathy vote. But um, I guess, but I can say that my the worst decision of the day was pitting Giovinazzi four laps before the end, and him coming dead last because of it even though for no apparent reason they did it. And so he ended up last, which kind of sucks. So that'll be my, I guess, negative of the day. But my question, I guess, is Roman Grosjean, his confidence was really dented last year after a spate of crashes. Do you reckon he's going to come back? Or if he even comes back at all because he's out of a seat next year, do you reckon his confidence will be severely dented? Look, I think think Grosjean... It'll be his last two races in F1 this year. I don't see him coming back to the sport after 2020. Maybe he'll do some media coverage. I think his wife is a sports journalist as well. So that could be fun to see in the future. But I think it's highly unlikely that yeah he does like full-time racing. Maybe a test role for a team or even like Formula E. But still, it's uh, I feel it's very unlikely that he comes back to F1. Just a shout-out to Dan Ricciardo finishing seventh head of Valtteri Bottas, who suffered two separate punctures during the race. 
got tested at the initial period and then he had a rear puncture towards the end. But luckily the safety car kind of avoided him going for the pits again. It's it's heating up for third place in the constructors uh, with the double retirements of both the racing point cars. Stroll had his car flipped by Giet and then yeah, Perez had that engine failure. Uh, McLaren's finished fourth and fifth, Norris and Sainz. And uh, yeah, they took they took over from third, which is a huge improvement for, for McLaren. You haven't seen him that high in the constructors since 2013. So yeah, decent news for them. Ferrari, dismal race. Uh, Leclerc lucky to get a point after Perez retired and Vettel finished behind George Russell in 13th. So disappointing for them. Uh, the engine is not working at all. Vettel complaining the car is undrivable. So sad, sad days for Ferrari fans out there. All right, we're going to get to a song now. Uh, this is the Sports Desk on scene. It's Wednesday morning with your hosts, Finn, Kendra, and Luca. The song is called Stranger from How Light. You just heard How Light by Stranger. You're listening to the Sports Desk on Sin with your hosts, Finn, Luca, and Kendra. And a bit of sad news this week, or very sad news. Diego Maradona passed away this week of a heart failure or a heart attack at the age of 60. Obviously, really sad for the sport. He was a seriously good player back in the day and a, and a big figure in the sport. What, um, Luca, what do you reckon the impact he'll have? Well, in most parts of the world, uh, Diego Armando Maradona is considered a god. You see the scenes in Argentina, Buenos Aires, uh, three days of mourning they had uh, last week and over the weekend, uh, scenes across world football, in Europe, in South America, um, people crying, coaches of that generation, like I know Carlo Ancelotti, uh, Coaches Everton, Diego Simeone kind of grew up as a mentee to uh, Maradona there as Tatters. But yeah, I think it shook the whole world of football. Uh, I don't think people were prepared for his departure, but he is immortal in the face, in the eyes of the fans. Yeah, of course, I don't think it should come as a surprise to any sports fan that he he wasn't exactly the the healthiest of people at times. I know there was a lot of drug taking and um, general cheating happening back in the day, and I think that definitely affected him as he grew older. Um, and I know that he, there's lots of English people right now who are probably very not happy, but um, after that hand of God famous incident where he handballed it and it went in and it counted, I'm sure some of them aren't very sad, is what I'm gonna say. In terms of that, though. Adding on to that, I think the whole surrounding that game as well in 86, uh, you had a massive rivalry between Argentina and England because of political uh, things that were happening at the time as well. You had the uh, uh, dispute in the Falklands Islands, the Islas Malvinas, um, Thatcher intervening at the time there. So you could see that even um, the underdog of the nation like as Argentina and this super heavyweight of the nation, United Kingdom. Uh, coming to tell Argentina what to do with the land closest to them. So in terms of that, I think uh, a lot of other countries would have sympathized with the hand of God. and It was like a form of destiny. And even two minutes later, he, he outclassed pretty much the whole English squad, made them look like 50-year-old geriatric players uh, by running from halfway line into the goal and scoring the goal of the century. So, uh, yeah, 
That's my opinion. Uh, even in Napoli, uh, he's an honorary citizen. They're thinking of uh, renaming the stadium after him instead of a saint, which is big. Uh, it shows how revered and respected he is in the city of Naples. And yeah, just massive tributes from the players, Lorenzo Insigne, uh, giving flowers to a, like a tribute thing over the stadium. Um, the players wore the Argentinian national colors as their kit, football kit, against Roma this this uh, past week. And then you had uh, Lionel, Lionel Messi uh, with a old-school tribute jersey from the 80s or like late 70s, New Wells Boys. It's a red and black jersey. And uh, yeah, that was a, a throwback. Very rare jersey he wore to after he scored a goal. He uh, kind of looked up to the heavens to say thank you. Paris respects. Uh, K- Kendra, what, what are some of your thoughts on the uh, whole Maradona thing and his legacy? Like, you, you're not a football fan necessarily, but he is like a big figure in the sporting world, let's say. Yeah, he's definitely a big figure in the sporting world, but I think with me, I just, the hand of God incident, just I've always sort of seen it, like just to say that has always sort of put him, in my opinion, I've always seen him as a bit of a, not a, a great sporting figure like he's a great sporting figure don't get me wrong but Mm. yeah the hand of god incident to me just i don't know just to say that i guess i lost so it's kind of like divisive you say (laughs) yeah yeah okay that's fair enough that's fair enough i'm uh yeah i'm outnumbered i guess but yeah all good all good um but as but look as you explain it i can sort of see the other side of that i guess it put it in a different perspective it's uh it's fascinating like when you look back at the history like what we weren't really alive none of us were alive in the height of like his career so let's that's the thing so maybe just hearing it secondhand we have a very different opinion to people who actually lived when he was playing. Yeah, it could be like a revisionist thing or like the myth of him as a player, as a person is different. So, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, Kendra, do you want to like take us to the next song? Now we're going to a song break. We're going to be listening to La Mano de Dios by Rodrigo. You are listening to the Sports Desk on Sin on this Wednesday morning. La Mano de Dios by Rodrigo. You're listening to Sin on this Wednesday morning and we're going to go to our wacky sports. So first up, I'm going to be talking about cheese rolling. So cheese rolling is a popular sport in England where a group of people come from all over the world to chase a wheel of cheese down the hill and they all try and catch it. What do you guys think of Rolling down a hill, a group of people all trying to get this one roll of cheese. Would you take part in it? That sounds like a waste of cheese, in my opinion. Like, are they trying to chase it to catch it? Or, like, what's the prize at the end of it? So, it's a nine-pound wheel of double Gloucester, and it's rolled down the hill with a whole lot of competitors to run after, and I think whoever catches it is the winner of the race. Do they keep the cheese there? I think so. I think that the first racer, yep, the first racer to cross the line wins the cheese. Uh, I reckon there'll be like some serious injuries from that from that competition. What, what do you think, Finn? 
Yeah, well, I'm just reading about it here. It says that the cheese can go up to, it tops out at about 70 miles per hour. So, I mean, judging by that, I'm assuming um, it'd be pretty dangerous. And I, I'd imagine there are heaps of broken bones and, um, yeah, and concussions, I'm guessing. A very high injury rate. <laughs> yeah. What if you're lactose intolerant? Can you still participate? In the, in the cheese roll? Well, I guess you just can't <laughs> enjoy your prize if you're lactose intolerant. I mean, is, the, yeah, is it they're yeah. the same incentive if you can't actually <laughs> eat the cheese after you've caught it? Yeah, it's like a <laughs> like a win, zero-sum game of like, Dano eat the cheese? Like, is that it? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Well, for, uh, for my wacky sport, I've gone with the toe wrestling. Toe wrestling. Uh, it's out of some, I think Japan. Yeah, Japan. From what I've got in front of me here, um, and it's like you think of arm wrestling. Just instead of that, you put like your big toe and your second toe, and you try and force your opponent down like on the on this like foot mat. Yes. Yeah. What, what do you guys think of toe wrestling? Have you heard of it? Before? I think it is pretty bizarre. I mean, anything to do with feet and touching other people's feet just doesn't just deters me a lot i don't know about you finn but i definitely would not take part in this sort of sport yeah it sounds a bit odd to me i feel like and how do you train for it is there like toe or their foot trainers foot personal trainers that like strengthen your toes are there like little weights that you strap on or something (laughs) there's uh what do you call it you probably have to like walk through the bindies like for a couple of days to like strengthen and get the endurance callous callous feet yeah oh that would just be painful i think not worth it yeah definitely not worth it definitely see i would worry about like like other people's sort of like i guess diseases like foot fungus or something like is, is there any sort of like protection for that sort of stuff so uh from from the video that i watched it was a. Uh, like they have like soapy kind of substance, to, so it makes it more difficult to not actually get a grip on each other's toe, I guess. Yeah. So they, yeah, probably like very sanitized in some areas. Other other parts probably not. It was a, it was originated in uh, 1976 at the at the in a village called Wetton, and <laughs> with uh, some bored British athletes in their downtime, they just started wrestling with their toes. Oh yeah, freaky stuff. <laughs> Finn, uh, what, what's uh, what wacky sport have you chosen for us this this week? I've I've chosen the man versus horse marathon, in which a uh, annual race over twenty two miles or thirty five k's, where a bunch of runners compete against um, a rider on horseback, and the goal is just to beat the horse. Um, in and it takes place in Wales. Um. Do, I, do you guys think that, or Luca, do you think that um, humans can beat horses? I'd say if it's maybe like uphill or downhill, like depends on the, the slope of the terrain, there could be a fair chance, like decent competition, but a regular like t- terrain patch, I'd say the horse beats uh, the human <laughs> in a marathon style. What, what about you, Kendra? What, you, what are your thoughts? Um, I think the humans, yeah, would have a good chance on the different terrain and especially if the horses aren't 
motivated because I guess like when horses do race, they need sort of like incentive to run, but whereas the humans can sort of just do that. So I reckon it just depends on how they're feeling. Yeah. Well, it says here that they actually adjusted it to be more lenient towards the runners, obviously. Um, so there were rougher terrain, so the horses couldn't go as fast. But it says here that the first person in the 25th race, the first person to win it not on a horse, um, he did uh, the marathon in two hours and five minutes. And it says here he won he won 25,000 pounds and it, the prize had been adding up by 1,000 pounds each year. Um, the, uh, the, race, the race had been done because no one had won up until then. And there were actually 500 runners and 40 horses competing. Jeez. That is insane. Talk about incentive there. Gee. <laughs> well, I guess those are all the wacky sports that we found today. Um, tune in next week for more. Um, and now you'll, you'll be listening to Heaven of My Own by Dallas Woods featuring Maisha. You're listening to the Sports Desk on Sin. You're listening to the Sports Desk this Wednesday morning with your hosts, Finn, Kendra, and Luca. We're going to be having a little bit of a quiz now, uh, just kind of coming up to the tail end of this season four of the Sports Desk uh, for the Wednesday team. And I just thought, yeah, let's let's do a quiz, just close out the show. eh? Uh, So without further ado, Finn and Kendra, are you ready for this uh, little short quiz? Yeah. Yep, definitely. All right. (laughs) First question. Here we go. Who won this year's AFL Coleman medal? Tom Hawkins from Geelong. Lock it in. Finn, do you, do you agree or do you think it's somewhere else? You know what? Uh, I don't know much about footy and I think Kendra knows a lot more than I do. So I'm just going to copy her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get it right. <laughs> well, yeah. Kendra has got it correct. It is Tom Hawkins uh, from Geelong Cats. In a in a shortened season, he scored forty nine goals. Wow, that's uh, that's incredible. Good on him. Yeah, good job. Great. Uh, all right. So next question. Next question in this quiz. Which of these sports stars did not did not contract COVID nineteen? Was it A. Valentino Rossi, B. Cristiano Ronaldo or C, Ash Barty? I'm going with C. Kendra's going with Ash Barty. Finn? Yeah, well, I guess I know that Ronaldo got it because he was angry that he couldn't play against Messi, against Barcelona. I'm guessing, and Ash Barty's been in Australia this whole time, I'm guessing, or close to it. So I'm guessing, yeah, Ash Barty as well. You're both correct. Well done. Ash Barty stayed in Queensland, didn't travel for the French Open or the US Open out of fear of contracting the virus. Um, and both, both Cristiano Ronaldo, as Finn said, he, he missed out on a Champions League game against Messi. And Valentino Rossi was the only MotoGP rider this season to contract COVID-19. And he missed two races. Yeah, and may I just say, we saw Ash Barty supporting the good old Tigers a few weeks in a row. So she couldn't have gone if she had the yes, virus. that's right. She had to support the Tigers. Height priorities, right? Uh, all right, next question, next question. Uh, which NFL team won Super Bowl 54, which was earlier this year in February? 
Well, I know... Oh, I don't even know who they played against. I do know who won it, and I do know that it was Patrick Mahomes who won the... I think it was the, yeah, the finals MVP, and they got their rings not long ago, and he... I remember he proposed to his... His girlfriend. Um, so I, I know it's the, the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, lock in that as well. I'm going to copy Finn on this one. Well, correct. It was the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, been well informed there. with uh, Even with Patrick Mahomes' marriage and a proposal. Yeah, that's good information. Well done. Um, didn't know that. So, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs breaking uh, a drought, I think, from... In the 60s. They Who did won. they play against? They, they played uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, they were down by, I think, 10 points going into the third quarter. And they scored two touchdowns to win the game. Yeah, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, the president uh, congratulated Kansas, the state, um, and which Kansas City isn't in. Yeah, I'm pretty Another sure. one of his uh, many <laughs> mistakes that he's made along the way. He tries. He tries, I guess. All right. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, question number four. There's five questions overall. Um, the Australian women's cricket team have broken their previous win streak record. But how many, re- how many victories have they recorded in a row up until now? I'll give you a hint. It's more than 15, less than 30. Oh. Ooh, I think I heard this on the news. A while ago, and I'm not sure if they've played more since. I think I heard 21, but I'm not 100% sure. Do you want to look that in, Kendra? 21? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's, like, old right, news. Right. All right, let's just go with 21. I will lock in. 26? Ooh, all right, different answers here. I can reveal... That the Australian women's cricket team equaled the men's Australian cricket team on 21 victories in a row. They achieved the feat in oh. mid October um, by defeating New Zealand in the test, Trans Tasman test. Uh, and yeah, Meg Lanning is on, a, on par with Ricky Ponting as, a, as the national cricketer of the year. So yeah, um, big ups to the Aussie women's cricket team. Yeah, that was more of a number guessing game. It could have been any. Any number there. All right, final final question for the quiz this week, um, this morning. It's a bit of a doozy. Uh, who has the most appearances for the Australian Opals basketball team? Is it A, Liz Cambridge, B, Lauren Jackson, or C, Melissa Cheeseman? Ooh, I wasn't aware... That Liz Cambridge was Australian. If she, if you're not just trying to trick us, um, <laughs> maybe you're onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm guessing B here. B Lauren yeah. Jackson. I'm just going to take a stab in the dark and go C because I have no idea. <laughs> All right, I can reveal that the answer is Lauren Jackson. Uh, <laughs> she has the most uh, most international caps. She started playing for the senior team when she was 14. So, yeah, she has at least 200. And Melissa Cheeseman has 167. 
I think Liz Cambridge. Uh, I think she does play for Australia. She's a naturalized citizen. Yeah, she has less than a hundred, but uh, yeah, she might play her last kind of competition next year at the Tokyo Olympics. All right, that was uh, the quiz for this week's uh, here at the, the sports desk. It's Wednesday morning. You with your hosts Finn, Kendra, and Luca. We're gonna hit over to a song now. Um, for then, and then close out the show. After that, uh, this is Nayana Iz, partner in crime. We've come to the end of this Wednesday morning's The Sports Desk. Uh, we've been Finn, Kendra, and Luca. Um, Kendra, where can, we, where can the public find us on our social media? So we're on Instagram and Facebook at The Sports Desk, and we're also on Snapchat, I believe, at The Sports Desk. Awesome. Finn, uh, what about Omni? Is that a thing as well? Yeah, so if you want to listen to this show again or any other previous shows, um, you can check out Omni Podcasts. And just we have a bunch of content on there that you guys can check out and enjoy. Awesome. Uh, be sure to check us out next Wednesday uh, as we close out Season 4 here at the Sports Desk on Wednesday with Finn, Kendra, and Luca. We're going to get over to a song now. Uh, this is a song called Zoning Out from Satsuki. See you next week. Bye-bye.